TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Uh, happy Monday, Scoop Podcast Faithful. It is episode 221 on this 15th of April. Yes, tax day, Jackie Robinson Day, all across Major League Baseball as well. Before I get to some notes, plus conversations with former gopher Jordan Murphy, Twins third baseman Miguel Sano, and Murphy's agent. A shameless plug, I am filling in for Matthew Collar on Score North, Score North Live, 1500 AM in the Twin Cities, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, both Tuesday and Wednesday, among my guests, David Thorpe on the NBA on Tuesday, Mike Gensel on the NHL playoffs. He is now a scout for the Arizona Coyotes, plus former Dolphins executive Mike Tannenbaum, who now does some work for ESPN. Mike will join at 3.30 Central on Tuesday to talk NFL draft. Then on Wednesday, former Suns general manager Ryan McDonough will be on to talk NBA playoffs, plus I'm sure I'll mix in a Twins guest and Joe Schmidt from KSTP 5 Eyewitness News, my boss on the TV side will join in studio as well. So it should be a fun two days on Score North, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock Central. All right, let's get to some notes here on the Scoop Podcast, which is brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible, just like your family treats you. Find your health family at NorthMemorial.com slash family. North Memorial Health. Let's start with the Vikings. Today, the 15th of April, is almost like the unofficial start of the 2019 season. Voluntary workouts beginning. Many, many players are at the TCO Performance Center in Egan, but not every player. I am told Stefan Diggs was a no-show today. Now, let me stress this again. It is voluntary. Emphasis on voluntary. Stefan Diggs does not need to be in Egan today. The hope is, according to one Vikings official, that the absence isn't long, that they would like him in the building. Hey, the more time you can spend around your teammates, the better. But right now, it is not that big of a deal, big enough for me to share here on the Scoop Podcast, because so many players are there. So to me, it is noteworthy when a player, especially a player of his stature, isn't there. But in Until he needs to be there, we won't make an enormous deal out of it. I will add that Kirk Cousins had receivers and tight ends into Atlanta a couple weeks ago to throw. Diggs did not show up. I don't know why Diggs did not show up, but Diggs was not a part of those throwing sessions in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Kyle Rudolph Instagrammed or tweeted out a photo. So Rudolph was there. I know Jeff Bidette was there. Ty Conklin was there. Some other guys were there as well, Laquan Treadwell. But no Diggs in Atlanta with Cousins throwing a couple weeks ago. The Sean Mannion and Jordan Taylor deals are done. Mannion is a one-year deal for $900,000. He isn't guaranteed to be the number two quarterback, but he certainly is. If he's not the front runner, it's like he's 1A and Kyle Sloter is 1B. There certainly will be competition throughout training camp into the preseason, but making $900,000, bringing him in as an outside free agent, certainly Mannion has some sort of leg up for that number two quarterback job, replacing Trevor Simeon, who went to the Jets. I continue to believe Maybe it's more a sense, a feel, but I'll share it with you that the Vikings, by the time Friday ends of the draft, so in a couple weeks, they do round one on Thursday, then rounds two and three on Friday. By the time Friday ends, so the end of round three, I am convinced the Vikings will have a new tight end. It is an excellent tight end draft. So much emphasis, rightfully so, has been put on the offensive line, and clearly, I will be surprised if the Vikings don't take multiple offensive linemen, including at least one among their first few picks, but I'm just telling you, 
keep an eye on the tight end position. The Vikings have done as much, if not more work on tight ends than offensive linemen. Heck, I take that back. They've done so much work on offensive linemen. Offensive linemen would be number one on the list. But I'm trying to make the point that the Vikings have done a ton of work on tight ends. I don't know who it'll be. Jay Sternberger of Texas A&M was in for a visit recently. The tight end from San Jose State. Oliver was in for a visit. So was Noah Fant of Iowa. But hey, they've done their homework on many guys. They met formally at the Combine with a few other tight ends, including the ones from Ole Miss and San Diego State. I'm just saying I will be very surprised. Keep an eye on it, the tight end position. Do all the homework you want on offensive linemen. That is legit. The Vikings are going to take at least one, if not multiple, offensive linemen and at least one relatively high, but don't forget about the tight end position. The Wolves so far are doing a good job keeping their president of operations search under wraps. It is underway. My understanding is it is underway that there has been external contact with at least one, if not multiple candidates. I don't know who that is. Here's what I do know. That Mike Zarin of the Celtics would listen. I don't know if the Wolves will have interest in him, but I'm told he would listen if the Wolves reach out to him. I know that agents BJ Armstrong and Jason Ranney have interest if they are contacted. No sense that either is on the Wolves list, Glenn Taylor's list, Ethan Casson's list, but those are two names that would have interest on Jason. He used to work in the Thunder's front office, has many contacts across the league. Same goes for BJ, who's been on this podcast before, represents Derrick Rose, former Chicago Bull. I mean, he's been around the league forever, and he's got that personality that Glenn Taylor is looking for, somebody that can communicate well with him, and in many ways, I don't want to say face of the franchise, but somebody that would represent the organization well. Clearly, first and foremost, is somebody who has a vision, somebody that knows what transactions need to take place, somebody that focuses on player development. But some of the ancillary stuff, like media relations, business relations, fan relations, those things are important to Casson and Taylor. So whoever the hire is, I imagine that individual will have at least some, if not all of those skills. I still would keep an eye on two names. Chauncey Billups has interest. ESPN's Chauncey Billups, former Wolves player. I, a few weeks ago, would have told you no. I don't think Chauncey is interested. I am told by a few people very close to Chauncey that Chauncey would listen if the Wolves reach out. I don't know if the Wolves have reached out to Chauncey or not. He is a logical name. He turned down the Cavs GM job. When was that? In the last year or two? He is highly thought of in league circles. I don't know, though, if he's on the Wolves' radar. I can just tell you, though, if the Wolves call, he is very interested in talking to the Wolves about the position. Same goes for Calvin Booth. Now, Calvin has a relationship with Glenn. I see Calvin Booth being involved in the process. Calvin is now in the Nuggets front office. I'm just telling you, Calvin is going to be a part of the process. I don't know if he ends up getting the job or not in the end, but I can promise you Calvin Booth will have a chance to talk to Glenn and or Ethan. As I hear more, I certainly will tweet it out. And if I hear anything more, you know, with my radio time coming up Tuesday and Wednesday on Score North, then I should have another podcast before the week is over. I will pass along what I do gather. But credit to them for doing a good job so far of keeping a lot of stuff under wraps. Matt Mooney, we saw him star for Texas Tech in U.S. Bank Stadium in the Final Four in the National Championship game. He's definitely on the Wolves' radar to join their summer league team. I should mention, too, on the Wolves that they are hiring a president of operations first before turning to the coaching situation. I still foresee Ryan Saunders being heavily involved. Is Ryan a lead assistant to somebody, or is he the head coach? 
coach. I think he'll be the head coach. I do. I just have a hard time seeing Glenn Taylor paying Tibbs $16 million, then bringing in somebody like a Dave Yeager or somebody else paying that individual 4 or $5 million a year. But all possibilities, at least at this point, are on the table. I don't think a possibility along those lines has been dismissed. I'm just telling you, though, my sense, my feel, my gut is that Ryan Saunders will be this team's head coach. Another player that could be on the Wolves Summer League radar, he certainly is on the radar of Ryan Saunders because Ryan, rightfully so, has a bias toward his Gophers, right? His alma mater, right? Guys that played for the Gophers. So Jordan Murphy will take part in Portsmouth this week, the Portsmouth pre-draft camp in Portsmouth, Virginia. He leaves tomorrow. First game is on Wednesday. Every NBA team will be represented, including the Wolves, and the Wolves are expected to sit down with Jordan as well. So not only is it on court evaluation, but it's a time to interview prospects as well. So the Wolves definitely have Jordan Murphy on their radar. I was in the gym on Monday morning with Jordan and his agent. Let's catch up now with Jordan, then we'll transition to a conversation with his agent. Let's start with Jordan Murphy. Jordan, just what's your excitement level as we're, you know, a handful of hours away of, of you going to Portsmouth and really ramping up this pre-draft process? Uh, obviously, it's a really exciting time. Obviously, I get to play against a really, a really good load of talent that's in Portsmouth and a lot of good talented seniors that try to make their way to, to research James as well. So obviously, it's going to be a really good experience for me. Have you had a time to catch your breath? I mean, you think about the end of the season, the frustration with, with you missing the Michigan State game, and then but then transitioning, and next you know the Final Four is here in town, and you were being pulled in X number of directions, a lot of directions. But have you had a chance maybe in the last week just to kind of calm things down and, and get your mind right for what's ahead? Uh, a little bit. I've had a little bit of time, obviously, between workouts and stuff like that and getting my body right and getting my mind right. Um, just being able to focus on what's ahead for me and just focus on uh, my family and my my talent as well. Speaking of getting your body right, I mean, how frustrating was that Michigan State game not being able to help your teammates? Uh, it was a lot. It was really frustrating. Obviously, you don't really have any choice in the matter and you don't really get to help your teammates, as you said. So obviously, it's something that um, I think about a lot. And obviously, I just never forget that taste of just being beat on that note and going out on that note. Was it just crazy? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in four years, you never even missed a practice, let alone a game. And all of a sudden, that big moment, and you just you couldn't go. Yeah, it's just kind of ironic that my, my only game I missed was my last game. And uh, it does leave a bitter taste in my mouth, and it does uh, uh, motivate me a little bit just to keep my body right, keep healthy, and just uh, stay on my treatment, stay on my back as much as I can. I mean, was it days later that the back felt okay? I mean, clearly you played in the three-on-three. You played in the Reese's All-Star game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Was it just a few days later where you were okay? Yeah, it was a few days later where I felt a little bit more comfortable with it and just being able to move around a lot more and get some runs in and and stuff like that, which was the most frustrating part because only the game had been a few days later I could probably play it. When did being a professional, getting paid to play basketball, when did that really fully go onto your radar, come on your radar? I mean, heck, was it as early as senior year of high school? Was it more like freshman year here, sophomore year here? Uh, I think it was probably like my so- end of my sophomore year here, obviously. It's something that um, everyone dreams about, but it's not everyone, it's something everyone can really achieve and reach in that. And that's a goal that I'm blessed to really be able to, to reach. What are you hoping to show scouts in Portsmouth? Uh, obviously, that I can shoot the ball, and obviously, I can handle it a little bit. And obviously, I just show my game, obviously, what I do. And, and Minnesota is just something that um, a lot of people get to see on a regular basis. So, just finding ways to show them other things is something that I'm really looking forward to. Some other things too, like maybe even guarding threes. I mean, you guarded a lot of fours and fives. Do you want to show that you can maybe guard some threes? Yeah, guarding a, a lot of other positions on the perimeter is something that I'm really, uh, will, which is really important for me. So, uh, being able to do that is something that, um, that I think will really help my, my stock. When you talk about shooting, I mean, we didn't see the three-point shot a whole lot, but you have it in your arsenal. Is that something you do want to show the scouts? Yes, sir. Obviously, uh, being able to shoot the three is something that I really want to show. Obviously, it's something that uh, I really need to show in order to take that next step in my game. 
How much has your game evolved? I mean, even going back maybe to this time last year where you could have thrown your hat in the ring, right? You could have tested the draft waters you didn't. But even from last year, how much has your game evolved? I think it's all a mentality standpoint. I think I've been, become a lot mature since uh, since last year this time and, and being able to know what I need to work on, being really self-aware with my, with my situation and with my game. Where did that maturation come from? Uh, I think it's talking a lot with my family. I think they're really real with me on a lot of different levels. And so being able to have that uh, rapport with them and being able for them to be really uh, honest with me about my game and where I need to improve was something that really uh, uh, enlightened me. And mom and dad were here all season. I mean, how much did that mean to you that mom and dad were here in the Twin Cities for, for the entire year? Uh, it meant a lot. Obviously, there are two people that really support me, and there are two people uh, two people that really have uh, been there for me when I grow up, and, and also my sisters who... I mean, they're just a line of communication for my sisters and making sure they're always checking on me as well. Take us through the next handful of weeks, I mean, even after Portsmouth. What will the next few weeks entail? Uh, a lot of working out and uh, a lot of team workouts, hopefully. So uh, those are the two things I'm really looking forward to and just making my game look that much better. And is it just nonstop work right now? I mean, Chauncey's here. You've got your agent here. I mean, is it just nonstop right now even? Yeah, it's nonstop work every single day. I mean, I think I've taken like maybe – like one day off, but that was because like weather and stuff like that. So uh, it's this nonstop work, getting in the gym, getting better. As we watch Chauncey put you through a workout, what does a normal workout with Chauncey look like? Uh, a lot of shooting, a lot of shooting. He doesn't let me get away with anything, so uh, that's a good thing. Keep me honest, keep me, keep me humble. Are you working on also, you know, left hand and being able to go both ways? Uh, just ball handling wise, yes, sir. I mean, going to the basket, something I'm really good at. So we just want to stay away from stuff that I'm already good at and just focus on my weaknesses for right now. What would you say your weaknesses are? Uh, just shooting and ball handling. Well, being able to have the confidence to do both, I think, is just getting me really comfortable with the reps and doing those. High motor Murph, is, is that something we'll see in Portsmouth? I mean, you know, we talked about that when we did the uh, the interview before the Purdue game, senior day, and we talked about, hey, high, high motor Murph's been, been in play here for a while. Is that something now you pride yourself on, high motor Murph? Uh, I think so. I think high motor Murph is something that, uh, since Coach P started calling me that, I think that's something that I really hang my hat on, something that uh, I always have to bring to the table and something I always have to show in every single game, every single time I step on the court, so... What would it mean to be drafted? I mean, it's been a long time. You've heard this. I mean, Chris Humphreys was the last gopher to get drafted. When was that? 2004. I mean, a long time ago. What would it mean if you got drafted? I think it would mean a lot. Obviously, uh, with Chris being the last person that was drafted here, it's been a really big drought for the school. So being able to be the first person since him to be able to be drafted is something that uh, I really look forward to. Uh, hopefully, if I get that chance, and uh, it will be a very humbling experience. With this, I mean, just how much pride do you take in, in leaving the program in a really good spot? Like, think about where the program was when you got here, and that freshman year was was rocky. But you think about NCAA tournament trips to the last three years. This program doesn't win a whole lot of NCAA tournament games. You guys did that. So you're leaving the program in a good spot. How much pride do you take in that? Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. Obviously, that was me and Dupree's goal is to leave the program better than when we found it. And so uh, I think that we did that. And I think that's the ultimate goal for every senior and every player that comes through this program should be uh, not accepting any failure. And obviously, my first year was something that uh, was very forgettable. But uh, those following years, something that we really improved on from being ranked to, to people doubting us and still making it was something that uh, I take a lot of pride in. I lied. One more thing hit me. How cool would it be if you and Amir both got drafted? Right, Amir's testing the process. Who knows? He may keep his name in the draft. How cool would that be? That would be really cool. Obviously, Amir's a really talented player, and obviously I have a lot of respect for him. So for him to be drafted would make me really proud and be like a little big brother moment. So it would be cool. On Amir Coffee, let's let his situation breathe a little bit. He did spend some time a couple days ago in Chicago working with a trainer. He is ramping up his workouts. He's now back in town. But Amir will work out for teams. He's hopeful to get a bunch of workouts with teams. Then he'll get feedback. Then go from there. He has until the end of May, May 29th, to make a decision. Do I think he's open-minded to taking a two-way contract? I do. 
So I do think the possibility does exist that Amir Coffey is done as a gopher. But at this point, until he gets feedback, I mean, heck, if he can't secure a two-way offer, yeah, he'll be back in a gopher's uniform. He has a chance to be Big Ten Player of the Year. He has a chance to get his degree. There's lots of positives to coming back to the U. He knows that. His family knows that. So we need to let his situation play out a bit more before we jump to conclusions. I'm just saying, I would say him leaving is absolutely on the table. Him coming back is still a possibility as well. We will update you on the Amir Coffey situation as it unfolds. As we hear him working out with teams, four teams, and getting some feedback, we will certainly pass that along. The Scoop Podcast is brought to you by North Memorial Health. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team. They're your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk into the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health care game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. That is North Memorial Health. All right, let's now get to Jordan Murphy's agent, Daniel Hazen. Daniel Hazen in town for a little bit. He's based in New York City. That's where Jordan Murphy will transition to after Portsmouth, the pre-draft camp. Jordan Murphy will do a lot of his training in New York City, but hopefully be on an airplane a bunch working out for teams. Here is agent Daniel Hazen. Just Daniel, take us through what your excitement level is working with such an elite athlete like Jordan. Yeah, I mean, this is one definitely one of the more exciting uh, signings that we've had, obviously, just because of what he brings to the table, the way he is as a person, um, his personality, hard worker. So for us, we're really excited about the opportunity, and, uh, you know, we're excited to get to work. I mean, did the process begin many, many months ago, you trying to recruit Jordan, and what was that like? Of course, yeah, you know, you're, you're, it, comes, it starts with, you know, meeting with the family, you know, communicating with them, talking to them on a day-to-day basis, building, a, you know, a relationship with them, obviously, because, you know, uh, we don't get the opportunity to speak to Jordan over the course of the season, you know, because he's in the middle of the season, and we have to respect that. Um, so, you know, it's important to build a relationship with the family first. That way, you know, when the end of the season comes, you know, they're able to, to direct him, uh, you know, through funneling uh, through the agent process. What attracted you to Jordan? I mean, clearly, as you're doing your research and figuring out, okay, this athlete is a guy I want to recruit. This athlete isn't a guy I want to recruit. What attracted you to Jordan? High motor. Um, you know, obviously a seven-foot wingspan. Um, his ability to, you know, second jump, um, you know, on the glass, getting rebounds. Um, you know, I think that really separates him from a lot of other, a lot of other players, uh, you know, entering the draft. Where will you have him the next handful of weeks? So he goes to Portsmouth. Then after that, where will he train? What will the next handful of weeks and even the next couple months look like? Of course, after Portsmouth, he'll probably come back to Minnesota, pack all his stuff. Um, And then we'll have him in New York training in New York City um, in our facilities. And, uh, you know, in between him training in New York City, he'll be uh, going to his his workouts in in the designated cities and going back and forth from there until the draft. Is it just crazy how much things just happen so fast? I mean, it seems like it was just, to use the cliche, I mean, just about yesterday that he's helping beat Louisville in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, everything really moves really quickly. I think it's moving for him uh, kind of quickly as well. You know, for us, you know, we understand the process. We've been through the process, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, but for him to, you know, now start hearing that he's going to this workout in this city, going to that workout in that city, um, you know, it's exciting for him, something that, you know, you don't really get an opportunity to, to move on from college and you're already talking about all these workouts and start living out your dreams. So, you know, it's really exciting for him. 
I mean, because you've been through it so many times with all your clients, I mean, what sort of sounding board can you be? Because Jordan's going to have a lot of questions for you about that process. Of course. You know, you just tell them, hey, listen, like, let's go day by day. Let's focus on this task and that's, that task. Let's not, you know, start jumping ahead and looking forward too quickly. You know, let's focus on each task, at, you know, as its own and, and move on from there. Is he excited to, to go to the Big Apple and, and live the life in New York City? Yeah, we were talking about it yesterday. He's super excited about it. You know, just for him, he's he's really a homebody. But for him to be able to go out, walk around, you know, see the city and things is, is something that he's really excited about more than anything. Do you feel like he's flying under the radar a little bit right now? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, though, that he is appreciated and everyone knows who he is. You know, he's getting a lot of NBA interest. A lot of teams are really interested. Um, so, um, yeah, he is a little bit under the radar, but at the same time, like, everyone knows what he brings to the table, and he is a very serious NBA prospect. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting when you think about it. I mean, the second all-time rebounder in Big Ten history, one of the all-time leading scorers in Gophers history. Like, you can legitimately make a case, one of the great Big Ten players of the last 15, 20 years, yet you could make a case that he is flying under the radar to some extent. Yeah, I mean, he, he is a guy that is a little bit under the radar, but in this year's draft, really, um, a lot of players really after, you know, the the lottery are all kind of bundled up together, and it's really a crapshoot. So, you know, I think Portsmouth is really going to give him the opportunity to separate himself from everybody else, get invited to the combine, like I said, just work everything step by step. Speaking of crapshoot, I mean, is it tough to get in with these teams? Like, when you're calling your contacts with the Lakers and the Hornets and the Pelicans go up and down the list of teams. Is it hard trying to get him into these workouts? No, we actually haven't had uh, much of an issue with that. Um, he's going to be in Portsmouth, and he'll probably have like 20-plus interviews. Um, you know, so we're already like halfway through that list. Um, so, you know, these are teams that are calling us, approaching us, um, which always makes my job easier when I don't have to, you know, go out there and sell a player when I'm getting calls from teams that, that want to bring him in. You know, that, that's already half the battle good reminder too that that some of this is the interview process it's not just on the court so how much prep have you done with him preparing him for these interviews yeah we spent countless hours working on that especially last night on prepping him on questions that are you know that are going to be brought to table things that you know teams are going to want to get answers on and you know things that they're going to want him to address Um, but he's ready for that he's great um, when it comes to interviews you know he seizes a moment he's calm he's relaxed he's just a great guy to be around so I'm not worried about him too much what do you think some questions that teams will have for him are? I mean, you know, obviously you get like the, the typical questions like uh, drawing up specific plays, um, asking where he thinks he's going to be in the draft, who he compares himself to, and things like that. But then you'll get crazy ones like riddles um, that teams ask. Teams have asked questions like, how would you like to die? I mean, you know, you get crazy questions. Um, but I think it's all meant for them to see how players respond and, and how they're able to communicate their answers. Just like the NFL pre-draft process, some crazy, crazy questions are thrown these guys' way. Jordan Murphy will start interviewing with teams in Portsmouth on Wednesday. By the way, I did the interviews before Jordan Murphy's workout, so I didn't have a chance to ask Jordan about reworking his shot. But Chauncey from Hoops and Christ is reworking Jordan's shot. Chauncey is a local trainer who has worked with a number of really good basketball players over the years. Guys like J.P. Makira, Nuni Omat. The list goes on and on. Peter Jock, he's got a connection to Tyler Cook at Iowa. Chauncey is highly thought of anyway. Chauncey is reworking Jordan Murphy's shot. So they have spent a lot of time on the three-point shot. Jordan extending his range. We really didn't see that with Jordan in a Gophers uniform. But the last couple weeks, he has put a heavy emphasis on his outside shooting, reworking his form and his ball handling. He has to show that at six foot six, he can play on the perimeter as well. So that is a heavy emphasis right now 
with his trainer, and it will be a heavy emphasis after Portsmouth with his trainer in New York City. All about that shot, and Jordan Murphy showing teams that he has the potential, the ability to make three-point shots. All right, let's transition to the Twins. I was in the Twins clubhouse on Monday afternoon. Among players I caught up with was Miguel Sano. He leaves tomorrow, Tuesday, for Fort Myers to begin a de facto spring training. Remember, he was in a walking boot during normal spring training. So he'll work on his conditioning, his hitting down in Fort Myers. Then after that, he's expected to go on a rehab assignment at either AA or AAA. He hopes to be back with the Twins in 20-ish days. More realistically, it might be more like 25 to 35 days. But at some point in the next month or so, Miguel Sano should be back in the Twins lineup. Here's my conversation with Miguel Sano in the Twins clubhouse on Monday. How are things progressing with your injury? I feel really good and 100%. And um, I also hit in today, too. And I leave tomorrow to Florida. And I hit a few days ago, too. So, I mean, it's all ramping up. And hopefully you're back here pretty soon. Yeah, you know, I've been working hard um, the whole season. And uh, here when I start in spring training, I don't play in spring training, but I still... My mind strong and working really hard, and um, I hope so I can be here soon, like in 20 days and something like that, and I can start helping the team too. Has it been hard mentally to overcome? Because, you know, you put so much work in in the winter. Was it hard to overcome not being there on opening day? Uh, yeah, it's hard, but, you know, I stay strong and uh, I stay positive, and I, I know I can have like, a couple more months and I can take that, and I can have a great season too. When you say that you're 100%, I mean, no injury concerns. It's all about conditioning right now. Yeah, I can start doing everything. I don't have any problem with my food and everything 100%. And then, you know, like I said, I live tomorrow and I start doing a lot more stuff down there and then build activity. And I come back here and play the game. As you hit the last couple of days, does your swing feel like the old Miguel Sano swing? Yeah, from 2017, yeah, I feel really really stronger and um, you know that's that what happened like something like I take the moment for working hard in the gym and everything and then now I go there and working more agility and I also when I come back I'll be 100% my swing and everything are you excited to show us that the 2017 Miguel Sano is still there Miguel Sano is coming soon too Sano does appear to be in good shape. The other question I get a lot on the Twins, I've been asked about, hey, when will Miguel Sano rejoin the Twins? The other one I get is, hey, anything new on Craig Kimbrell? Anything new on Dallas Keuchel? Same deal. It comes down to term and money. Do the Twins like each player? Of course they do. I think everybody in Major League Baseball would acknowledge, hey, yeah, those are good pitchers. Both guys could help. Either guy could help any team right now. But if that player wants five years and wants like 16 to 18 to $20 million a year, okay, maybe we're not going to do that. And we have to give up a draft pick? Yeah, maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So if either player came down, both money-wise and term-wise, where a team like the Twins wouldn't have to go to five years, yeah, of course there would be interest. But until I hear that either player, and I know what Ken Rosenthal said over the weekend, that both players are open-minded to taking shorter-term deals. In Keiko's case, maybe even a one-year deal with the Padres having some interest. In Kimbrell's case, maybe more like three years, not five. Three years in the $40 million range. Well, until I hear that, I think he's still looking for Wade Davis-type money. Three years in the 
52 to 58 million dollar range but if i hear that he's willing to do three years 39 million three years 40 million i'll circle back and ask if the twins have interest in such a deal but until i hear that i just don't sense the twins are making much of a move on that front some other notes i jotted down let me see what i have here matthew hurt rochester john marshall the state's all-time leading scorer when it comes to big schools rochester john marshall should be very proud of matthew hurt such an excellent player mcdonald's all-american he can go to any program in the country that he wants to go to he will announce on friday my sense is duke but i don't know that for sure he did cancel in-home visits with kansas and kentucky on sunday so maybe that's a sign mike krzyzewski has been to rochester twice in the last six weeks i just i think it'll be duke but i don't say that with a ton of conviction but if you're asking me hey dukes where do you think matthew hurt will end up I would tell you I would bet on Duke. Mark Coyle, P.J. Fleck, Richard Patino, Lindsey Whalen, Bob Motzko, and Hugh McCutch, and all the power brokers in the U's athletic department were in Arizona today to raise money at the Gopher Desert Classic, a golf tournament. And, yes, there are many Gophers alums in the Phoenix slash Scottsdale area, some older folks that winter down there that maybe are still down there before they make their way back to Minnesota, May, June, July, August. So lots of Gophers money down there. So. I'm sure the Gophers raised a good amount of money today in Arizona. On Gophers basketball, what do I have written down here? I DM'd with the Drexel graduate transfer, Alahan Demir. I hope I'm saying his name right. Six foot nine, 232 pound forward. Hey, the Gophers have an immediate need for a starting power forward, right? The graduate transfer will visit here on Friday. Assistant coach Kyle Lindstead is leading the charge on the recruitment of Demir, who also is drawing interest from Arizona State, Arkansas, Georgetown, Pittsburgh, Texas A&M, Texas Tech and Kansas State has also kicked the tires on Demir, but hey, pretty noteworthy that Demir is visiting the Gophers on Friday. On Kyle Lindstead, he is the front runner on the recruitment of point guard Grant Sherfield. He is the kid that decommitted from UCLA after Steve Alford was fired. He visited Wichita State last weekend. There's a reporter based there in Wichita that knows Sherfield because he's got ties to the Wichita area, and he thinks it's like 50-50. He thought it would be the Gophers a couple days ago, but after the visit, he thinks that Wichita has at least a little bit of a chance. On Kyle Linstead, though, that reporter, I forget his name, I give him credit, but he's from the Wichita newspaper. He said that Linstead had a lot to do with Sherfield ending up at Sunrise Christian Academy, that Linstead is very tight with the Sherfield family. He was here for a visit for the Purdue game senior night in early March. It appears it'll be the Gophers or Wichita State. He is a top 120 player in the rivals' rankings for the class of 2019. And heck, you know the guard is a good player when he was signed to go to UCLA. Heck, he would have been a UCLA Bruin if Steve Alford did not get let go. Also on the Gophers' recruiting front, a German forward by the name of Isaiah Innen. I hope I'm saying that name right. He will visit in the coming days. He is a power forward of the two forward spots. Power forward. TCU is kind of kicking the tires on him. So is Tennessee, but the Gophers have a chance to land him. Also, a uh, small forward from Chicago, Tejante Williams. I hope I'm saying that name right. New Mexico also in on him. Texas A&M is in on him, but he will visit in early May. And then there is a power forward, 6A power forward, Oliver Robinson Nikamhua. I hope I'm saying that right. In fact, I guarantee I'm not. N-K-A-M-H-O-U-A. Oliver Robinson 
Kamhua, Kamhua. I don't know how the pronunciation goes on Oliver's name, but he will visit here on May 9th. He also is drawing interest from Pittsburgh, Illinois, Tennessee, among others. One other note, Louisiana Tech transfer Anthony Deruji. He is a sophomore. He is on his way to Florida per Jeff Goodman. The Gophers did kick the tires on Anthony. He is not a graduate transfer, just a conventional transfer. But it's just a reminder that this time of the year in college basketball, it's a free-for-all, free agency. It's like there's free agency in college basketball. Graduate transfers, transfers, guys trying to figure out if they should keep their names in the NBA draft. There is so much roster change over this time of the year. So it is hard to really evaluate what the Gophers will look like right now when we don't know if Amir Coffey will be here, if Sherfield will be here, if some of these other recruits will be here, like the Drexel transfer. So, you know, I've been asked a lot, hey, will the Gophers be as good next year as they were this year? I don't know. Circle back to me like in September or October after summer workouts after we know what the roster will look like. All right, that should do it for this episode, Scoop Podcast episode 221. A reminder, I'm filling in on Score North Tuesday and Wednesday, 2 to 4 o'clock. Lots of good guests, including Mike Tannenbaum, Ryan McDonough, Mike Gensel, David Thorpe, and others. Always appreciate you listening. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.